Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into The Stylish Bride, the podcast dedicated to making sure you are dressed, styled, and down the aisle. And today I am here with the amazing Brian Raffinelli, who is the founder, owner, creative director of Raffinelli Events and, you know, longtime partner and collaborator with what I do and always a supporter. So thank you for being here today. And I appreciate it. I'm thrilled to be here, Julie. Thank Thank you. you. So the reason that I wanted to talk to one of the biggest event planners and designers in the business was because I feel that brides really need to incorporate the fashion into the event, but the event also needs to incorporate the fashion into it. And we've had this discussion many times over the years. It's a little bit of a chicken and an egg. So before we dive into that, just tell me a little bit about your background. I know you've been in business 22 years, but you know, why do you do what you do? Well, I do what I do because I actually love what I do. I love the storytelling of our clients, who they are, how they imagine they're going to look on their wedding day and who they're going to be on their wedding day, and a, a real reflection of their family and how they entertain and I'm in this one moment in time. So I just love that. So that's why every day we're designing, concepting, and executing weddings. Um, that's our true point of difference. We do everything. So we're a, really a, a place where you come and we will, you know, create your fantasy for you in one place. That's amazing. And I think that it's important for brides to understand that out there because a lot of people don't know. I mean, even in the industry, it gets confusing what the difference between a planner and a designer is. And you do both. But in your view, how do they separate out or work together? Well, (laughs) it's part of my character to be a control freak. So that is really where I started of saying, how can I maintain creative control of a project if I'm not producing the project, right? So I think when you think about hiring a planner or if you're going to work with one, it's like, can you, are you going to connect with three people or a chorus of people and keep your story consistent and have everything you want be about you and look like you and feel like you? And I think you need one director and that's, you know, there are very successful planners out there, very successful decorators out there, but we really want to do that together with you. Which means that you have a lot of people on staff to do that. And also, I would say, a Raffinelli way of doing it. What does that mean? <laughs> well, it's true. We do have, I have an office in New York and an office in Boston, and we have, you know, very, very deep teams of creative people and producers and production managers. I guess that Raffinelli way really is, it's certainly organized. You know, our best bride is somebody and groom are successful people who don't have a lot of time, and they really love the attention to detail. Like, that's what they want. And they also want to feel confident and know that they can sort of trust that this is going to get done the way they would like to have it done. Yes, yes. From my experience, you know, as a vendor that works with you all the time, it's run like a real business. And I think you have a business background, you've done that part of it, and you take it very seriously. And I think that that gives brides a lot of confidence in just that it, you run your business like you run your events, which is very well. True. And look, I respect very much so, and I'm always trying to integrate it, this into my teams of the value of the investment your family is making into this the most amazing day, right? You're not going to do this a hundred times. You're going to do this once. And it's such a, you know, a point of pride for your family, but, it, you know, weddings are not inexpensive to do. And I want to make sure that you're getting the most value from that experience. So that's what we look for. So that's why we treat it some of it not all fantasy and magic but that what's the smartest thing you should do what really makes sense right and respect the time and money that people are putting into it treat it like that so 
I've also seen in you over the years is that you have an incredible eye and you see things in things that a lot of people don't. And I would say that that is, and you also actually, a little bit unrelated, but I think very related in some ways, is that you have a thirst for knowledge about things. I've always seen you inquisitive and taking note of something that I think other people wouldn't necessarily see. And so I'm wondering where your big design inspiration ideas come from. Well, look, Julie, that's a great question, and I wish I could clearly answer it. <laughs> it's interesting to me. You know, I just came back from a trip from Marrakesh, and and it was a question that like we put forward to the whole group we were with of where does inspiration come from? And, you know, for some people, of course, it's in like the beautiful fabrics and the color and the entertainment and the amazing food. And for others, it's could be the simplest detail on a doorknob or in a fabric and that you see. And suddenly that inspires you and says, oh, I want to do something else. I went to an art colony there and saw uh, this beautiful layout of photographs and imagery that I think would be fantastic for a wedding, by the way. And that's what happened. I looked at it. It was just the way the artist hung the art on the wall, but it made me think about how it could relate to somebody's wedding and their keepsakes and the things that are important to the family and could they actually show them off and exhibit them at the wedding. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. So you mean taking things from their lives. Like your grandmother's locket or your father's grandparents' wedding photograph. or So in that moment, I saw this thing differently, right? And I was inspired by it. And I said, oh, my God. So art exhibitions and fashion and theater, of course, those are things that inspire me all the time and make me think about how can you take the best of that and make that part of your wedding experience because wedding after all is really theater and how can you take people on a journey i mean take yourself on a journey like don't separate yourself i always say this is your day and your family's day so celebrate it but you know really be thoughtful about it yeah so you get this inspiration point in morocco of the art installation do you think of it for a client or do you sort of store the idea away and then when the right opportunity with a client presents itself, you pull it out? Or yes. is it a combination of both? I guess, you know, look, I'm telling you the story and I'm one of those guys, like if I see that once, I'm probably going to repeat this with a number of people and eventually it's going to take off. It's going to present itself in a situation. So do I have the client right now for a bride in 2019 to do this? No. But if I'm in a meeting with you and you mention that you really, you know, your grandmother's wedding shoes, they're absolutely beautiful. You're not going to wear them. But I really, I want to show them to people. I'm like, well, I have this idea. Like, what if you put together a collection of all the things that represent your family and displayed them in a certain way? Like, I hope that happens. <laughs> you know, I'm not putting it out there, but I haven't done it yet. I just saw this. Like, I saw it a week ago. And I was like, wow, that's a way that people can connect to the history of this family on this really beautiful day. It's interesting. And I'd love to see how you do it because I think that, you know, that can look kitschy really fast and you would never do it that way. So it's interesting, you know, instead of looking like an Etsy shop, it would look really cool. So you have to figure out a bride to do that with so I can see what it comes to life because, and it's funny, over the last several years, I've had three or four brides bring in antique veils. Some of them have been, you know, 250 years old. And what do we do with these veils? And everyone in the family wears them. You're not allowed to touch them. Do we restore them? Do we put them? How do they go with the dress? And, you know, so that's a little piece of it. And, you know, honoring the history while remaining true to them and their style, it's not always the easiest. No, it's not. And 
you know, some of these really thoughtful touches, like a piece of the fabric from the veil, if you sew that inside the hem of your dress, right? I mean, it's a beautiful story, but no one really gets to experience that, right? No, having said that, not everybody has to experience everything. And you have that and probably your mother and you have that moment where you know she's with you. Sensational, beautiful moment. But if you want more, <laughs> then how could you incorporate it? No, I think that's a great idea. You know, you could even take the lace pattern from the veil and, you know, blow it up onto different things. Yeah, so every celebration is a story and that's how you can tell your story. And so that's, you're not like just plucking out some like sailboat motif because you know, you sail, it's a little deeper than that, right? So that idea of like, especially fabrication and textiles, to introduce that, you know, as a vellum or a design on your invitation that carries through the whole, you know, experience. I love that because someone is going to ask you about it. You don't have to tell them. I love that you know? too. That's very, very cool. So you mentioned fashion briefly, and I'm curious as to, you know, that you get inspiration from it. So tell me a little bit about what you look at in fashion in general well i you know fashion is so interesting to me because and it tells me a lot about a bride or the mother of the bride of like what direction they go in and are they going to decide to be a fairy princess on their wedding day are they going to decide to be a vogue model on their wedding day right. <laughs> or in the end i really trust that most of the brides that we work with end up being themselves but with a heightened level of luxury and specialness. And so that's what I think fashion is all about. I really do. I believe if you're going to stay authentic to yourself, you may see yourself in a photograph or see yourself in a film, you know, fashion or a runway shot. But at the end of the day, you're really, when you put yourself into that character, it becomes you the authentic you. So you have to study that and find that. And I know it's a struggle. I mean, God bless you what you do. <laughs> but I've also seen it happen with you, right? I'm, you know, standing there in marking room and watching dress after dress after dress. And I've even like put my eyes on one dress and said, that's the dress. And then you bring out another dress. And I'm like, oh my God, no, that's the dress. It's amazing to me. It's an art form for sure. It is. Thank you. I think that it goes back to the personality, like you said, really understanding who they are that's my thing. That's what I love to do. And because I feel like it's not up to me what they should wear and what they want to feel like. It's up to me to figure out what that is and how to help them achieve that in the best way that they can. But I have to believe like at the end of the day, so, you know, where this comes into play in, in my life of like, where are you getting married? How warm is it going to be? Are we in a castle without air conditioning? I mean, some very practical things. And I really hate to break the fantasy, <laughs> you know, but I sometimes will look at a dress that a bride has you know, presented to me. And I said, so let's just talk about this. Like, how are you going to feel? And it's going to be August in the Hamptons and it could be 90 degrees and humid. Are you going to be okay with that? Right. So I sort of feel once the practicality gets out of the way, then you can start to have discussions about bring the fairy princess back into the room and say, okay, if you could wear any dress, you know, what would it be? And then, of course, how does it look on you, you know, and how are you going to carry it? So a follow-up question to that is how often you see brides coming in here that really don't know their personal style or they have several and they're not sure which one they want to hone in on? Because it happens to me quite a lot, actually. <laughs> Well, I'll answer that, but are you clear about your personal style? Oh, yeah. Me? As a person? <laughs> Definitely. You got Me, it. please. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. You Red are a lipstick, stylist. you know, it's, it's... So I think I'm clear about my personal style until I'm not. 
And I think that's so honest. So that, yes, that's what happens. You know, folks come in here, right? And they're, they're planning this monstrous project. And there's a lot to think about and a lot to get caught up in, right? So again, I would say 85% of the time, unless a bride has participated in many, many weddings in the last year, before their wedding, they don't know. You know, they just don't know. And so they're thrown into the gauntlet, right, of so many decisions and so many choices, you know, not just in planning what we do, but what you do of putting together fashion and all of these, you know, details. So that happens constantly. And I think people need to just take a deep breath and then probably do an outline of what makes the most sense, what they're drawn to, why does it fit into what they want to invest into and all the things that we already talked about of, you know, time and weather and distance. And those are, that's a lot of data that you can collect and then make yourself feel okay and not make yourself crazy. Unless you're the type of person that does that anyway, but that's a different conversation. But yeah, I agree with you. And I think that it is, I tell my brides a lot when we're talking about how much focus to put on the venue and the time of year and even the time of day, you know, let's say you decide to have a New York City wedding. A dress that you're going to wear at the plaza is kind of a different dress than you're going to wear at the Bowery Hotel, or it could be anyway. Sometimes they can coordinate. But really, when you choose to do it, where you choose to do it in a very micro level makes a difference in the outfit, in my opinion. So I always advise them to actually set with you first. You know, Let's figure out where you're doing it, when you're doing it, some of the details. Do you want black tie? Do you want, you know, all of these things? And then think about it because when you have a bride that doesn't know their style or can't figure out if they want to be like glamorous chic bride or boho romantic bride because they like both, you can then go and hone in on the details. Right. No question about it. So we approach it the same way here with design of like if you went out into our studio right now, we have these giant inspiration boards. We put up images everywhere. When a bride comes in here, we literally hand her a little pile of stickers to stick onto these images to see what she's drawn to, right? And that helps us and my creative team understand, you know, who they are and the things they like. And we're very specific of why do you like that? And I have to believe it happens with a dress with you of like, I really like that. When you drill down into it, is it the trim? Is it the veil? Is it the lace? Maybe it's not the silhouette. So that exercise, I think, is a nice thing to do for yourself, you know, and really try to figure things out. It's the foundation, I think, that, you know, brides that aren't working with us or Raffinelli events, you know, you should take that away and do it for yourself, no matter what kind of wedding you're having, because your style is going to guide. You have a ton of choices out there on every budget level, you know. I mean... Yes. (laughs) So many choices. And I think that's one of the big challenges. And that's what can become overwhelming. So if you start small and say, okay, I'm going to narrow this down to seven things I really like. And then, you know, just have a conversation with yourself. You don't have to share it with the world of what you think you're drawn to and why. Yep. And then, you know, if you decide to do the top of Aspen Mountain, you know, you have to sort of incorporate that. And maybe, although not always, you know, realize it might not be practical to have the dress with the ginormous train that you would wear at the plaza. If that's important to you, we can make that work. So I was going to say to you, you know, we have this constant conversation with brides and their families about whether they're going to have a black tie wedding or not, right? And I really often will say, well, how do you imagine yourself? You know, will your fiance wear a tuxedo? Do you want to be, you know, in a really luxurious, over-the-top, beautiful black tie wedding gown? Now, that doesn't mean everyone has to be in black tie. And I wanted to make that point, but 
Having said that, I just think you have to put yourself in the place. You know, we did a, one of my first weddings I ever did in Nantucket. I mean, we basically built a, like a Four Seasons ballroom under a tent with sisal rugs and crystal chandeliers and silk linens. I mean, it could have been and probably should have been at the Rainbow Room in New York City. <laughs> but that's what the bride wanted. And right. so that's where it was. And she wore this glamorous, beautiful beaded dress. But her fiance and, and all the groomsmen were in khaki pants with blue blazers and pink ties. Now, that was their choice. I'm not, you know, but I do think you have to, even me just saying it, what are you thinking when you're listening to me say that? Does it make, right? Well, I'm a big fan of photographs. I'm like, I always think about history, right? And I'm like, when you look back at your wedding photographs, when you look at your wedding film, what do you want to see? You know? And if you're a girl at the moment and you're like, I want to see whatever was trendy at the time, then that's what it is. That's okay. If I'm timeless and classic, well, perhaps that's the direction you should go in. Now, in that scenario of Nantucket, did you say to them you might want to consider putting the wedding party in suits? Or was it kind of early on and you weren't sure of your voice? Or Yeah, I was a little more insecure back then. <laughs> Today, I would definitely say that. You know, I said, okay, if you don't want to do, you know, tuxedos, then why don't we do dark suits? You know, navy suits and, you know, jacket and pants. Sure, of course. And have you ever seen really unusual pairings kind of come together and work really well? Well, yes, because I've seen very different people get married, right? Right, right. <laughs> so I think that's what's, you know, so you have like the super outgoing, gregarious bride and the really shy groom, you know, so it's just in personality. So I wouldn't put that groom in a hot pink, you know, silk tuxedo. <laughs> or black and but black maybe black. the liner <laughs> right exactly so we could sort of surprise the bride they have maybe. to have a little interest <laughs> right? have a sense of humor <laughs> so you know in terms of the details that you get into you know i've worked on projects with your team where we have custom bow ties made with very specific fabric that coordinate with the bridesmaids dresses and you know custom bridesmaid we've done lots of things but you know for brides out there that are listening, what would you say to them? How focused on these details should you really get? Because I think it can definitely drive you nuts. So in your overall design, do you think it makes a big difference? My immediate answer, Julie, is, is like, what brings you joy? Like, if you love that, you should do it. Don't listen to your aunt or your mother or your fiance. Like, that's who you are. You love the details. You want it to be perfect. Then make it perfect. But if it's driving you crazy, you have to really question why you're doing it, right? And why you're, you know, and I do think that you're getting married is sort of like a boot camp of life, by the way. So I'm getting all like, you know, zen on this. But I do think that you want to think about it and say, why am I doing this? You know, but having said that, for me, you know, I do t think about every detail. It's just who I am. So, of course, I want to know what the threading is. I want to know what the buttons are. I, that's important to me. So then if it's important to you, do it. You know, that's my best advice. And that's what I'm saying of like, you should be who you want to be. Don't change that. Right. No, I think that is true. With bridesmaids dresses, and <laughs> it's such a thorny topic, but, you know, do you have, when you're guiding a client in coloring and, you know, kind of how to navigate that, someone that we're not working on together, how do you advise them in that direction? 
It's a combination of things of being realistic about who your bridesmaids are, that you have invited them to be part of this, you know, amazing experience with you. And of course, you can't make everybody happy. But if you can actually pitch them into how exciting this is going to be and how great everybody's going to feel and how much fun everybody's going to have. We did a wedding this summer in the Hamptons where, you know, it was nine bridesmaids and they were all in different floral dresses. It was so exciting to see. They all look beautiful, but they were all different. And the silhouettes were unique to them and they felt great in them. And yes, the bride got approval, you know, (laughs) but they went out and found these great dresses and they had to stay in the sort of warm colors of, you know, peach and pink and raspberry. And and yes, florals are very on trend. But you know what? I really witnessed a really happy group of people because they felt great. And the bride was really thrilled because she loved how it looked from a fashion point of view. Really loved it. It gave her that opportunity to make a fashion statement at her wedding. And I do think they're going to wear those dresses again. <laughs> I do too. They were very nice dresses. <laughs> you know, and I think that this is part of a larger issue a little bit because, you know, I talked about bridesmaids dresses actually on episode 19 of the podcast and you can go back and listen to that. I appreciate you being so candid because it is it can really become a problem for a lot of brides, a lot of girls. What do you do with it? And then They want it to fit into the overall design concept, and sometimes that just doesn't work. So before you have to head to your next meeting, tell me if you had one piece of advice for brides, really can be on anything, it doesn't have to be on fashion, that are starting the wedding planning process, what would it be? Well, look, I'm a planner. So, and you brought this up in the beginning of the podcast of that I do think, you know, it might sound a little cold, but why not outline your wedding, like what you want it to be honest with yourself about the timing, how much you want to invest in it, or your family wants to invest in it, build a foundation of where you want to take this, a roadmap essentially, or it's like a blueprint to build a building. It's not any different than that. So my best advice is to just sit down, take a deep breath, and then outline all the basics. Literally, the first things we do here at Raffinelli within the first 30 days is establish a financial plan. We create a timeline. Um, We even will go right to the day of the wedding and do a program from you getting married at three o'clock and then cocktails are at five. We lay it out so you can begin to understand how this is going to go. And you can go back and look at that. It doesn't mean it doesn't change, but it does. But it builds a foundation. It gives you the security you want. And then I would go to the other side of the meter and say, just go crazy. If you could have anything, do anything, wear anything, what would it be? Like, again, like how many times you're going to do this? Like this is, you're the bell of the ball. Imagine your ball, your craziest ball. And then most likely you'll come back to the middle. That's what you're going to do. You should do this. This is supposed to be an amazing experience. So make it one. That's great advice on any budget because really, you know, having both ends, the very practical end, the tactical, this is really where we can be anchored by this is my dream and how do we merge them exactly and that's why you hire experts but if you can't you can do it for yourself and you know it's really true so thank you so much for talking to us this has been so much fun i appreciate it and for all of the listeners if you would like more information please reach out on instagram you can find me at the stylish bride and you can find brian at raffinelli events but also you can follow him at Brian Raffinelli. Right. The really, real Brian Raffinelli. <laughs> get it, the real deal. <laughs> but thank you so much. Appreciate it, Brian. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks.